Recorded in Seattle, Washington, it's an earful in the Emerald City. Hold on to your butt. Where local and national gossip is twisted with comedy. Starring two typical guys who hold nothing back. What the hell is so great about that? To make your jaws sore. Oh, that's nasty. Get your mind out of the gutter and give it up. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thank you for joining us on another episode of An Earful in the Emerald City. We're back, guys. We had a little hiatus there. We went away. Things got a little uh, crazy, got uh, out of hand for a moment, but uh, we are back and going here, you guys. Um, yeah, we had a couple of uh, weeks off there, unfortunately, uh, not really planned. Had a couple issues, had some issues, you guys. Um, yeah, just at a point here where I'm uh, burning myself at both ends of the candle, it feels like, uh, a lot of the time, trying to stay busy, but um had a few issues with scheduling some people, um, and uh, also had some issues with the technology. We kind of have reached a point here where we might have outgrown our setup a little bit. So, uh, had some technical difficulties, and I'm no whiz kid, you guys, okay? I, I don't get all this technology stuff half the time. I'm just making it up and screwing it up as I go here, and hopefully patching something together and giving you guys a little something to entertain you. But, uh, yeah, my apologies, guys. We missed the last couple of weeks here. Again, unintended, but, uh, hey, you know what happens, guys. Life comes at you fast, and uh, we only have so much time. And early 30s here, I'm really uh, starting to wonder where I where I need to be devoting the majority of it. So, But uh, thank you guys for joining us here. Uh, got a good episode for you. A couple of guests, actually, uh, not just one. I got uh, my good buddy Blake Kiltoff. Turning into my right hand man here, good guy, funny guy. Uh, he's working on some characters. I, I think he might be onto something. He's joining me, and we got our buddy, Mister Carl Reynolds, another uh, return guest as well for a little bit. He was uh, under the gun, so we didn't get too much of him. You know, he's, he's a married man, so I mean that kind of things happens. But uh, yeah, got a couple guys here. Um, you know, just getting back in the groove, you guys. Like I said, uh, I'm gonna. I'm going to step my game up here, hopefully. I'm going to give it everything I got, you guys. And, and we're going to probably make some changes here pretty soon. And um, hopefully, yeah, we got some good things coming for you here. And we're going to keep making it happen for you guys. So, because we appreciate you guys listening. And, you know, we want to keep this entertaining for you, keep it fresh. So, uh, enjoy this one, you guys. And uh, thanks again for listening. And yeah. uh, you brought up National Geographic, actually. Yeah. I was talking to my neighbor, this old guy. He's kind of a kooky dude you know but nice guy he was telling me a buddy of his has like almost every single copy of national geographic including the very first one that came out and guess how much that that copy is worth 25 cents 25 cents that's even even with deflation it'd be worth more than 25 cents i'm gonna go with 26 the very first national geographic that shit was printed in like the 1800s like late 1800s Okay, like it's not Spider Man though. Spider Man's worth like eighty grand. It's not Spider Man's fake. Spider Man's not even real. Shit about a fucking National Geographic from the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, ditto. That is the dumbest fucking artifact in the world. Fuck that artifact. (laughs) Now, if there was like a tooth from somebody in that, 
that was like a million years old, and you had it in your hand, and be like, oh, that's pretty badass. But the fuck, an old magazine? Hey, it's like, what? have you never Look, been to a I fucking I found this old magazine that's everywhere. full of pictures. Of, magazine. I found this old magazine full of pictures of old shit. Yeah. And it's an old magazine full of old pictures of old shit. What How if- much do you want for it? <laughs> How much do you... I'll, I'll so like, give let's you... take a look back in history. <laughs> Picture quality is not that back in history. What did people think that things in other countries looked like a hundred years How many, ago? How many fucking photographs do you think are in that goddamn thing? Probably none. Six. It's I'm probably gonna, maybe one. It's held together with rings and it's wood etchings. Actually, I mean, it's, it's like those yeah. farmers' almanacs. Do you know how fucking accurate those things are? What actually, those are our know, farmers doing okay. astrology to give us the tides and shit uh-huh. to tell us when. You know, why sunset farmers and too? Shit. Like why farmers? It's like because they figured the fucking because thing out. Yeah, but they were going to make money off of sailors it. who would know the tides and shit. Like they're the ones sailors know the tides. Everybody knows the fucking tides. Yeah, you're right. Everyone. Everybody knows the tides. Even the porn stars do. No, what? No, I have one. You have a porn star? No, it's like a, there's a porn about sailors, and they it's you full have a of... porn about sailors. It... Semen. <laughs> oh, you have Jesus a... Christ! You have a porn. Come on, jeez, I got, better than that. I got to jam in three minutes, or three minutes. Or God. I'll be divorced and wow. murdered, well, and you guys I worth mean, it. Worth yeah. It? No. <laughs> yeah, Carl, this I've, is this mur- has been great. Then, the mur- you know, I'm sure in this last three minutes, we're really going to seal the deal here. Well, yeah, let's get on topic. What was it? <laughs> Trump? Right. What's his name? Uh, Donald Trump. Yeah, he's the president. Not yeah. What did this What did this uh, data yours have to say about him? Oh, yeah. She said something that was very interesting to me. She said that the fact that I considered voting for Trump and I didn't, by the way, I voted for Hillary. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I considered voting for Trump was an example of what it means to have white male privilege. Now you're laughing, and I actually thought it was a profound statement. It really changed my view on a lot of things. It was uh, like, oh, it is. It is. I never really considered how privileged it is to be able to think about throwing a protest vote, to just be like, ah, fuck it. I might vote for Trump just to say how much I hate the system. Because, you know, if I was a Syrian person living in America on a visa, well, I guess they wouldn't be voting. If I was a Syrian uh, citizen, American citizen from Syria, and I was thinking about who to vote for, I would never vote for Trump. Like, I, even as a protest vote, that is a really fucked up thing to even consider. And so, like, that's something you can consider if you're not subject to the consequences of a guy like Trump actually winning. Yeah, but there's a lot of immigrants, though, that are actually very conservative with their viewpoints. Like, yeah. you look at well, a lot of Indian immigrants. Okay, like, don't, let's, not, let's not equivocate between conservatism and voting for Trump. I don't think there's much about Trump that can easily be equated to conservativeness, aside from the fact that he won the Republican nomination. The guy's a fucking basket case. Well, okay. I mean, he's, he's... Yeah, and no other Republicans have ever been a basket case. He, he's a very liberal Republican. There's no question about that. And so, and, I, and he doesn't hold too strict conservative ideology, but... I he's mean, at, the, at, at the end of the day, though, the guy wants to cut government spending and that kind of stuff, and those are conservative principles. At the end of the day, the guy is clearly suffering from some mental disorders. Like, he's got some cognitive dissonance going on, maybe a bit of uh, impairment, probably delusional. Tell us more, Dr. Kiltoff. And he's got the nuclear codes. He does. He's got the nuclear codes. This like, bring it on, think, Trump. Go ahead. One Nuke of me. The guys this that chick has it. sucked your dick, didn't she? No. This girl sucked I, your dick. No, she, not yet. That's the problem. Oh. You think he's really got the nuclear codes, like, in his pocket no, I don't right think he, now? I'll no, bet there's, he, a guy with a br- there's a guy with a briefcase that follows him around. That's how He's it works. the best. He's the best guy, well, too. Then that's yeah. When you, tough, got, you that's, need someone to follow you with a briefcase, this the guy that they got. That's the guy in the world, then. No, because he can't actually open the briefcase. But he could fucking stop Trump from doing it. 
punch him in the face. He's like, you know what? This is my fucking briefcase. I carry it every fucking day. Let me fucking Nazi. open it. Okay? One, and let, I think he should be the one to do the thing. Because Trump ain't going to fucking do it. There was it. a physicist. They timed that, uh, time that guy to make sure he can yeah, get he up can the do, stairs. He's like a 13-second sprint from yeah. the down. You think that when, when Trump launches it, he actually gets to, like, hit the switch? Yeah. I mean, that's how they say it is Or do you written. think it's just, like... It's probably keys. Just, like... Simultaneously do the keys. No way. Yeah. I, who the fuck do you know? I, I, Why I'm, would they need to go through that? I've it's seen the president of the United States. enough Bond movies to know this, how this stuff works. so... Uh, hey, Mr. President, um, we need to bomb another country, but we're going to make it really difficult for you to get through the doors, so you need to, like, do your handprint and shit. Like, they know how to get through the doors. What if his card is, like, rejected? Because, <laughs> like, Martha up in the... the... Does this guy got a chip reader, or how does it yeah, work? Aaron, yeah. let, let me remind you that for how Carl, often does that getting through doors all and the turning time. a key... Well, I have to use key cards and shit like really that all the time. I'll bet that happens to Trump 50 times a day. Yeah, probably. But hopefully it's never with nuclear war at stake, though. Well, I mean, so there was one the, the long walk or... is to give him some time to think about it. I think he would have, like, probably thought about it. There was one intellectual who had a good idea, which I wish they would implement. And it was that the nuclear launch code or key or whatever it is should be surgically implanted into a volunteer. Mm-hmm. Oh. Like someone who just hangs out at the White House. So it's a pretty sweet gig. Like, you get a homeless guy, and you're like, hey, you can live at the White House. We're going to put this key in you <laughs> and here's the deal okay probably not gonna happen probably never gonna happen but here's the deal we're gonna feed you if, twice a day if we're gonna start a nuclear war we'll change your sheets for you're you. gonna die the president is gonna kill you so that's cool uh he's gonna be a, you're gonna be in the history books he has to use a knife because the whole idea is like the president should have to murder someone with his bare hands before <laughs> launching a nuclear weapon. In cold blood. Just not. No, it's not in cold blood. It's just like if you're going to make a logical, yeah. rational decision to annihilate the human race mm-hmm. over some political shit, or potentially to annihilate the human race. I mean, if you launch a nuke at Russia or Syria at this point, you're pretty much annihilating the human race. Yeah. And you might as well have to kill a bum first. I think that's... Absolutely true. He's, he's right. Go with what he says. Carl's got to leave us here, you guys, but we're going to keep it going here. And this Thanks, has Carl. nothing to he's do with tonight. the stuff in the storage lockers downstairs. He, <laughs> That's my thing. He's hosting tonight at the Tony V's Garage. Thanks, oh, Carl. That it was, was nice. Uh, having, it was nice having Carl here. Yeah, very informative. That was good. Let's uh, let's stick with this topic though, because I like this topic. I actually um, I think that we should have an amendment, and I think what the amendment should be is that for Trump to exercise the nuclear codes. That he has to ice one of his kids before he does it. So you know that, that way he's got some skin in the game. That's pretty hardcore. That's, um, but yeah, I like that. You know, I, w- w- what would you go for? Like strangling, or like, like I mean, like, could I mean, he like just you just tell said, somebody because like he's, he's stabbing a, is pretty savage. Yeah, but he's a, you know, I'd say probably had to beat him to death with a Louisville Slugger because I mean that'd take a little bit of time. But when nuclear wars at stake, we got to be. Pretty quick here. Does it have to be a Louisville slugger? Could it be like an aluminum baseball bat or something? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, definitely. Right, yeah. You want to have a better swing weight ratio. You know, Trump's getting up there in age. So When I was a kid, I got into, um, well, like a lot of people in the 90s, I got into hip-hop. Although I don't think it's hip-hop in the 90s. I, I just call it rap. Mm-hmm. I feel like hip-hop is something that came later. Um, and specifically, like, uh, Easy e uh, after after he died. I, I wasn't that old. Um, and whenever I hear somebody use the phrase Louisville Slugger, I think of that song by him. Do you know that song? Um, I don't think so. I'm going to encourage you and all your listeners, six of you, 
to Google Easy E Louisville Slugger. It's an interesting song. It really epitomizes gangster rap. Yeah. If you want to know the story arc, he's a guy who has used a Louisville Slugger to more or less corner the market on being an asshole in his neighborhood. Because he he bashes people's heads in <laughs> with the Louisville Slugger. It's a it's a great brand, you know. It's a great brand. It doesn't dent bloodstains. They come right off. I feel like that wasn't product placement on their part, though. I feel like Easy E really took a liberty with that. He was just hanging out, and he was like, "Oh man, I want to kill that mother." Bash his head with a Louisville slug. Oh, oh shit, that rhymes. I'm going to use that. Damn, it, I got something. G. But that's like the hook. That's like literally the hook of the song. Like, bash his head with a Louisville slugger. Yeah. Like 10 times. And then he does some rhymes. And then he goes, bash his head with a Louisville slugger like 10 <laughs> times. It's a really fucking stupid song. Dude, that guy, that guy didn't even write his own. He didn't even write his own lyrics. Come to think of it, maybe the Louisville slugger brand dissed him in some way. And that's where that came from. Like oh, maybe yeah. he was mad at that. Maybe he didn't get picked up for like a baseball team when he was a kid, <laughs> and that's what sent him down the path of drugs and then ultimately the inner city culture. Like he was one of those kids who could have been on the inner city baseball yeah. team, and he went to tryouts, and he had his dad's Louisville slugger. And his dad was like, here, son, try to use this one. It's a good ball. It's a good bat. And he, his dad's from Alabama, apparently. And he, he goes out there. But it's actually an old Louisville slugger. It's yeah. actually a little rod on the inside because he you know, never took care of it. He's from Alabama, but he understands the cultural divide enough that he can appreciate a product from Louisville. Took a, sling, took a swing, and it's bat, bat snapped in half, and that was it. That was mm-hmm. the end of his career. And you know, he, did, he think, did he think, oh, man, my dad... Well, this is a stupid story. I mean, he probably didn't know his dad, but... Uh, did he think, oh, my uncle, has, he should have taken Barry? No, he thought, oh, Louisville, Slugger Company, they're a bunch of assholes. I'm yeah. gonna, I'm or maybe he was just the first rapper to make a stand against corporate America. You With know? Louisville And Slugger. the ex- exploitation of children, you know, and what they want and how to bring them joy. In a lot of ways, uh, Easy e is, um, is the hero that we can all aspire to be. That's true, yeah. I mean, what way, better way to go out? <laughs> well, you know, it is. It is. It, maybe that's why the CIA cooked it up, because like they were, they they were like, well, you know, tapping phones and sending death threats to Martin Luther King didn't work. This new guy, Easy E. Maybe we should make a disease that'll kill gays. He's, he's gonna be bad for business because that guy likes to fuck. And if we make a disease that kills gays, it'll work its way over to him. Hey, Bernie, what? How you doing on that whole crack thing? That's good. I, you know, kind of my workload's lightening up. All right, good. <laughs> I got an idea. I got an idea. I want you to come up with a disease that will kill gays. Yeah, why? I thought I was doing crack. No, no, you, you keep doing the crack. Keep doing the crack. No, that's good. No, we like, yeah, the crack's going great. That, that's going great. Good, good. I, I like the crack. But so tell me about this disease idea. What, what are you thinking? Well, we're going to start it in Africa. It's going to start there, you know, just so we can blame all the blacks on for it. And we're slowly going to get it with the gays over here. Whoa, 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 Gays and blacks, they don't mix. Like, how are you going to make that leap? Well, you know, there's not all of them, but... Hey, I got an idea, guys. I got an idea. What if... What if... It starts with a monkey. 
What, you mean like some black guy or like a real monkey? Don't, what, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm talking about a chimpanzee. I'm talking about a gorilla. What if somebody in Africa fucks a monkey and then, and then they get AIDS? Right? That's the story. I'm, I'm, not following, I'm not following your logic here. <laughs> These characters have gotten a little too racist. <laughs> this whole bit <laughs> needs to get edited out of the podcast. It's going down a dark path here. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't, you know, that's, uh, yeah, I didn't even write any of his lyrics, though, but. He really didn't? No, not oh. really. He's you know who I really that, liked? Just have that voice, you know? Yeah. Motherfuck, Dre! I really liked that movie. Uh, I didn't see it in theaters. I just watched it last year, and uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Straight Outta Compton. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. You know, it, it resonated with me, because I, I, I wasn't a fan during their um, rise. I was probably three years too young as a white adolescent to to really be yeah your privilege hadn't quite developed yet well no i mean the 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 explosion of rap in the early 90s was uh something that happened not predominantly in it happened all over america america is mostly white especially in the 90s i mean we're talking about i remember it being on the news like why are all these white boys listening to rap music and then that's when I got interested. So I know I came late to the party. Yeah. Like, it, it definitely was a huge thing in the African-American community. And I got there really late. And I was on that bandwagon because I heard about it. And I, I like I rhyming. That's always been the thing I like. So I got into Tupac. Um, but he was already dead, too. I, uh, I got into Tupac. I got into uh, Straight Off the Streets of Compton. <laughs> that's not the name of the album I know. <laughs> Um, and then I discovered Wu Tang. Uh, that's who I was going to mention. Uh, the guy who just—I uh, don't know what it is about him, but uh, ODB, the way that guy fucking talked. Man, I wish he had lived a little longer because yeah. that guy was. Um, I mean, he didn't. It wasn't anything mind blowing about his rapping. He didn't say anything really deep. There's a lot of guys who are really deep who have, have really good rhymes, but the way that guy talked was so fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah, he he did a good job of using his voice well, like, you know, just just this, even the sound as he was speaking and the way he would say even the most basic words and shit. But yeah, you hammer those government checks long enough though, and they're gonna try to cut the lights out. What are you talking about? ODB. I thought he died of like a heroin overdose. <laughs> yeah, I know, but he was on MTV a couple of years before he his passing. He was uh, cashing some welfare checks. Oh, that's right. He blew all his money on heroin. Yeah, yeah. yeah probably. I feel like people should have seen that coming. Yeah. Hey, yeah. ODB, what's how's it going, man? You must be doing really well with all the success. I'm really proud of you. And, you know, you should come back to church sometime and come hang out with us. And you know, all that success that's come to you, maybe you could bring it back to the neighborhood. Got my dirt and dirt bust your ass. <laughs> the online dating thing it is it is one of those situations where you you got to consider the amount of time you're putting in because it does get lengthy when you get that back and forth you're establishing rapport you're making a connection all that kind of stuff and not to mention you're trying to do that with how many ever girls who knows how many of those they're actually going to come through and they're just going to be you spent that time and yeah. kind of fizzled out and never went anywhere. It's it's a it's a numbers game. I was actually talking to my date last night about this because um, you know she's a girl and she's like, I just joined Tinder last week. 
and it's fucking crazy. I let my I let my girlfriend do the swiping for me, and I got so many matches. It's so crazy. And I'm like, yeah, it's totally different when you're a dude. I mean, I can explain why you got so many matches. It's because a lot of the guys go on Tinder and they just swipe right on every single profile. Yeah. It's a numbers game because once you make a match, then you can unmatch if you if you don't like it. That's how a lot of guys approach it. I don't do that because um, I'm a I'm a programmer and I I read about like all the programming blogs how other programmers think Tinder works and there's a good theory going around that it's like ah the algorithm punishes you if you swipe right on everybody and and you read the case studies and it's like yeah that makes sense I mean if I was writing Tinder that's how I would do it if you're swiping right on everyone fuck you you can match with robots yeah so I don't do that I, I swipe right I swipe left that's true but then that's the time consuming part you're yeah. like actually looking at photos and thinking oh, is that a real photo yeah is that a recent photo all right, I guess I got to swipe through a couple more photos. Oh, nope, I'm not interested. Well, what are you saying about yourself when you just accept anything that comes along? You have no standard at all. There's no barrier to entry. You just, whatever, oh, that's something? Yeah, I'll go with that. Like, what, do you, what are you saying about yourself? It's a pretty, it's, a pretty um, it's something I haven't been able to get into. Like, I'm not, I'm not into hookup culture. I'm not into casual sex. Tinder is called the hookup app, and a lot of people put on their profile like I'm not here for hookups and that feels like it's a it's a negative thing to say but it it feels like there's a lot of guys out there who really are just in that boat of like I will fuck anyone who matches with me <laughs> if she is remotely attractive I'm I'm game and ready to go and I, I'm past that I'm not looking for that I am looking for a casual dating I'm not I'm not looking for a serious relationship and I'm upfront about that but uh, I feel like if a girl's on Tinder, she must be in about that ballpark. Like, I, I don't think most women on Tinder in their in my age range are looking for casual hookups without, like, even knowing each other. I think that's a college thing. Yeah. Which is where Tinder got big, was in college campuses. Yeah. When it comes to the guys, though, man, there's... I've done, I've done a lot of research on this, and I have a theory. There's probably, like, 40% of the male population who is just never getting any sex whatsoever what research like, did you do for, you oh I've, I've asked around i've oh, been okay. asking around a lot of people <laughs> no it's uh there it has to be men i mean because that you know there's some married men in there that are included there's more single obviously more single men in there but there is and those and and most of those guys they'll take any piece of garbage that you throw in front of their face and they'll be all over it you know and that's why those are the guys that are swiping right every single time Every single, oh, you have a vagina? You have a vagina? Tits? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah I'll do them. Yeah, that's fine. Well, you know, it's also, uh, <clears throat> to be fair, it, it's also a video game. It, it is a lot of people, I think, play it like a video game. Like you get a, when you're playing a video game and you and you achieve something and you get a little point bonus or something, it's like, oh, man, I fucking finally did it. That's how it feels when you get a match on yeah. Tinder. You're like swiping, you're swiping, you're swiping, you're swiping. It's the same physical emotion. You got your thumbs are getting tired. You're fucking sitting there hunched over a little controller, getting sweaty <laughs> yeah, over things on the screen, and then you get a reward all of a sudden. Like, oh, boy, it, it's a video game. And I think a lot of people get addicted to it in that way. I certainly do. I'll, yeah. I'll be doing it at night, and I'm not even really interested. I've got so many matches already I'm not talking to. And I'll, I'll, this has happened to me so many times. I'll be swiping. I'll get a match with a girl. I literally just swiped right because I looked at her profile, thought she was cute, thought, thought she sounded interesting. It's a match. You should say something. Yeah, later. I'm going to keep swiping. <laughs> Why? 
Because when you get that that high score moment, you get this endorphin rush. Yeah, just like when dopamine hit. Yeah. And, it, you know, like, and, and look at you've you've accomplished this, even though, like you said, all you're doing, you were just going at it with your thumbs there. Anytime you find something that gives you that dopamine hit, that that those pleasure hormones, it becomes addictive. And uh, I'm really addicted to Tinder. I don't I don't mind in admitting that. Uh, it's, I, I might need to find a support group or something. <laughs> uh, Swipers Anonymous, uh, sex addicts, electronic sex addicts. I don't know. I Digital. feel like you're going to get the wrong. <laughs> DSA, digital lovers anonymous no, DSA, that's... digital sex addicts <laughs> uh i am addicted to cheap internet pussy <laughs> i wish it was that simple it's not it's not cheap i mean i've uh i've been on tinder for mm, maybe two months now and i've put in hours i've put in a lot of time uh and i've been on four or five dates and we're talking like 40 or 50 matches. Yeah. Like it, the the success rate is really low. And so it's like, oh, God, this is so stupid. I really should just work on meeting people in person. And I, I know I really should. I really I think about that a lot. It's like, oh, Kip, like you really got to get good. But here's the thing. I'm really shy. Yeah. And I'm really fucking funny on text. I'm like, <laughs> it's like, that's, what I, that's the thing I've been telling the girls on, 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 online lately. It's like, hey, you know. You're probably one of those girls who just wants to use me for my wit and personality. And I, I'm just looking for somebody who wants to treat me like a piece of meat. And they always laugh. And then I go, oh, you're another one of them. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's a, it's a little, definitely a different form. Uh, it certainly is. It's kind of like that bite size, uh, witty comment type deal. I feel like it's practice. I feel like I'm, I'll get good at it. I, I mean, I feel like I am getting good at it. I was telling you about uh, how I hit on a girl at the grocery store last week. That was the first time I've ever done that. I'm 32. I've never hit on a girl in public. Yeah. And I, she just had a tattoo that looked relevant uh, to me because I'm thinking about getting a tattoo, one for... Uh, Tramp stamp? No, for my kids. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I was with my kids. I was thinking about them, obviously, and I saw this girl with a rose tattoo, and my kids are named after plants, uh, willow oh, yeah. and moss, and, and she was hot, and so you know, my reptile brain's like, oh, pretty girl, and my id was like, I think we can, f- I got an in, I got an in. Listen, like, talk to her about the tattoo. It's That's a rose. Here. Roses are like moss and willow. Yeah, 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 and then get her name. And I was like, okay. And, and then, you know, the sober part of me is like, no, Dad, come on, you're with your kids, man. Don't don't be a weirdo in the middle of the grocery store. But the part of me that wants to challenge myself is like, you know what? Ask her about the tattoo. Do that thing you've never done in your whole life. Talk to a pretty girl and just be like, hey, tell me about your tattoo. And I did. That was a big thing for me. It was like, ooh. Yeah. Start a conversation with someone I don't know who I was attracted to. Ooh. It's, that feeling of rejection is... It's almost the complete opposite of that little dopamine bump you get when you, you get that new match, you know? When some girl's like, uh, yeah, okay, creep, and gives you that look, and you're just like, oh, God, what the fuck was I thinking? Like, that's... Yeah, you got to get used to it. It's a lot, in my mind, I think of it a lot like stand-up. I mm-hmm. feel like it's a lot like doing open mics and trying out a new joke. And yeah. just, you know, I've been doing open mics and doing shitty jobs at it for so long i've gotten used to it and i'm okay with telling shitty jokes yeah it's like yeah it's okay fuck it i don't care and that's where i want to get to with talking to to girls it's like i want to just get comfortable i'm not i'm uh (laughs) i got a lot of hang-ups when it comes to being a creep my mom worked at the um prison Mm -hmm. and she specifically worked in the uh 
Special Commitment Center, which is the special prison for sexually violent predators. <laughs> like she would come home from work and or tell me about these guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she'd come home from work and tell me about these guys that she was working with all the time. Basically, I got a lot of hangups about being um, forward. I got a lot of hangups about like, oh, I don't want to be one of those sexually violent predators that my mom used to talk to me about. Yeah, and I've just been working through that. Well, I think a lot of guys have that feeling and that worry these days. You know, I think a lot of guys have been pussified and they're always thinking, oh, God, I don't want to be cre- creeping. And I think the girls are kind of starting to realize that, you know, there's a certain amount of manliness that they look for out of their men. I mean, you know, everybody's got this mentality now that women are men and men are women and women can do anything that guys can do. And it's like, it's not. And we both can do very specific, different things. And yet the opposite sex kind of likes those specific things that we're good at because we're not good at those things. I think that, I think that what you're saying is valid. I think that the way you say it is something that's really risky though. Like Mm -hmm. I wouldn't use the word pussified because boy, that's a loaded word right there. And you're talking about something that's going to raise uh, hackles for people who are very conscious about uh, differences in gender rights yeah. already. So I'm going to paraphrase everything you just said for the sake of your listeners who are probably anti-Aaron right now. <laughs> there's probably some Right smart, now, it's been that way for a while, There's man. probably some smart, funny women out there listening to this podcast are thinking like, wow, that was a real fucked up thing that Aaron just said. Let me rephrase it. It feels like American men, maybe men across the world, have really lost touch with um, how to interact with women as men interact with women. The way males of our species are meant to interact with females of our species. That we've sort of become so egalitarian that we've pushed down some aspects of our biology that are more appealing. And there is a lot of empirical evidence from the testimony of people in, well, on the internet, just talking about how they're changing their paradigms for viewing relationships and approaching women uh, that suggests that men being a little more aggressive and being a little more sexually forward is really something that works. And if it works whether or not it's intellectually repulsive, you can't deny it works. And, you know, we are governed by a reward response system called um, our brain. What's that hormone we were talking about? Uh, I like the pussification better. (laughs) No, it's like you hear people talk about rape culture all the time and then guys start believing that it's kind of the truth, you know, people can get fooled by that stuff. And when you're a guy and you hear about it, you kind of think, oh boy, you know, I don't want to be I don't part know of what, that. I don't know what you mean. What's rape culture? You don't hear people talk about that ever? They say that... I know the nouns. They I say that we're living in a rape culture, basically. A lot of liberals, a lot of progressives say that we're living in a rape culture. What's that mean? Good question. Uh, I guess that people are okay with rape because video games, women are sexualized and... Um, that's true movies i mean i i I don't know exactly where it comes from but i know it doesn't come from crime statistics though because uh rape has been plummeting for you know the last 10 15 20 years well that's not the point i mean you just said that it's a cultural problem 
So, of course, it's not in crime statistics. People are talking about how it's represented in art and media. So, of course, it's not in crime statistics. Uh, That's not the point. Okay. So, how big of a problem is it then if it's if not actually, if we're not talking about actual rape? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. Is it a big deal? Uh, probably. I'm going to say it's probably a big deal. Yeah. Because you might be setting up future generations for problems with how they think about women. I mean, look at the pornography industry. Right, everyone. There's no studies that really show that that's really damaging. There's no, everyone's talking about pornography is not a big deal. Comedians get on stage all the time talking about how much porn they watch. It's funny. We talk about porn as though it's harmless all the time. When we hear about people in Congress or the Senate wanting to pass laws to limit pornography, we make fun of them. But you know, doesn't it seem a little fucked up that we're so ready to defend this thing that is like ten years old? <laughs> that just completely undermines the way we're designed as, like, biological things. Like, there's a magic box that you can take into a dark room and satisfy all of your sexual desires (laughs) that will completely make you obsessed with it if you're not careful with it. It's harmless. Everyone should have access. It's free speech. Uh You know, people fucking on your computer, that's free speech. It should be protected. Don't you try to infringe on my rights. And when Jefferson and, 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 and uh, Washington wrote the Declaration of Independence, they were like, I want people to be able to organize in public and protest uh, tyranny, and, and I want freedom from religion, and I want to be able to uh, maybe someday jerk off in the closet to whatever I want. Watch porn in a magic box. <laughs> Who knows what our great country will achieve. Someday there might be magic Boxes that cook our food really fast. Magic boxes on which we can watch amazing shows or people fucking. Adam Carolla had a bit. He had a bit where he basically was talking to a a, a new settler to the new world, you yeah. know, to America guy. But he's in current times, and they were talking about porn. He's like, yeah. He's like, there's a box, and you just put the video in. This is you know, 10, 15 years ago they did this bit. So like, yeah, you just put the video in, and then there's. Two people having sex on the screen. You can watch. And the guy's like, make haste! (laughs) (laughs) It's like, takes off. (laughs) But, yeah, it's... So so my point about bringing up porn was it's like, uh, you know, it's it's easy to see things in our culture now that don't seem to be causing harm. But what if they are? Mm -hmm. And what if the people saying, like, the people we make fun of who are saying, like, this might be harmful. What if they're actually being really reasonable? And we're just so gung ho happy about this thing that gives us pleasure that we're just like, ah, fuck you! You're you're an old prude. You're you're an old senator. From what are you, one Indiana. of the Victorians? And Jesus, ooh, you kids are, don't know how it affects your brain. Fuck you, Grandpa! I'm gonna go <laughs> lock myself in a closet, do autoerotic asphyxiation, and watch all the porn I want. It's my freedom of speech, right? Or, he refuses to disavow any knowledge. So, so you know, rape culture is rape culture a real thing? Yeah, I think absolutely. It's it's. Um, kind of ridiculous the way women are presented in media the way rape itself is even presented in media it's uh i've I've lived with a person who suffered rape a lot and she had a lot of insights that i would never have as a non-victim i mean um you know one thing you never see in in movies or in stories about rape you never see the victim who fights yeah why not why not is it is it because they never fight 
Do you think there no, aren't rape not. victims out there who are actually just murder victims because they fought? I'm sure there's tons. Yeah, that's true. So there's this trope. There's this trope that women are weak and that if they're going to get raped, they're going to get raped. But why not? Why not have us? Why not have it happen in movies or in books or things where just like women get raped, but they fight and they win, or they fight and they get murdered? Yeah, that's true. You know, because because it. it doesn't work. It doesn't work for the story. Yeah, like if the character dies, it's over. No, yeah. it has to be a story about her getting raped and getting vengeance or something. Yeah, like there's there's a way that the stories we tell are, we allow ourselves to be told over and over again shape our view of reality, and I think that's. A, true problem if we're not conscious of it yeah maybe we, maybe our problem is we have an internet rape culture what in this mean? country well you know like the, with the internet porn and you know the tinder the fucking apps and maybe that's our problem you know maybe it all derives from the internet oh yeah the internet is a huge problem absolutely yeah. internet rape culture we are on the uh tail end of civilization as we know it and it's because we've given ourselves access to freedom of information and sharing at rates that we're just not evolved to handle. Yeah. I mean, look at look at the current political climate. You've got ideas and things. Look at look at how America has changed in the last 20 years since the advent of the internet. It's and and cable TV. You went from a time when you had news distribution through anchors. You know, they're called anchors on TV because mm-hmm. they were your focal point. They were the thing that filtered the news through to you. And people could more or less follow the news and they would get the important news of the day because the anchors and the stations had limited bandwidth. They would yeah. be like, okay, we're, we're, there's five stations. There's eight top stories. You had your guy that you went to. At the beginning of the day, there's like, all right, well, how many leads we got? We got 30 stories we want to talk about. By the end of the day, it's like, all right, what are we doing? We're doing six stories. But that doesn't happen anymore. Now you've got fucking, you've got some 16-year-old on TV Saying, meet you outside, how about that? Cash me outside. Who's got more exposure than whatever the fuck NASA's doing. Like, why is that? Because of the freedom of information, the tr- speed at which things are going on the internet, yeah. the, the marketing behind it all. And I'm not saying that information shouldn't be free. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that technology has surpassed our ability as a culture, maybe as organisms, to really keep up with the speed at which things are being propagated. It's yeah. it's a problem that I feel like is systemic, endemic, and prophetic for the end of our country. I I agree with you that it's certainly an issue and yeah, things have advanced even in the last like 5 years. Things have got crazy. Like just the last 5 years things like Snapchat, you know, you can send audio recordings to people now. They can hear your voice on a text. I mean, you, you the, it's just limitless things you can do. I don't think it's necessarily the end just because of that. I don't think it it will lead to that. But but you're right. There's a lot of unintended consequences here that are going to happen because this technology and this way of living is so new to us. And there is people that, you know, you talked about hitting on a girl in real life. There's people who are, as we speak, losing their social skills because they're just buried in a telephone all day long. Yeah. And they'd rather be on the internet and see what their friends are doing there as opposed to do anything in real life. I really want to like learn to hit on girls in their twenties and I'm afraid to talk to them because I don't think they have any social skills. Like I, I see girls who are like way too young for me and it's like, mm-hmm. I don't think I could talk to her. I mean, like, they grew up with cell phones and the internet basically their whole life. Like us, you know, younger, when we were younger, you weren't really using it. It's really annoying. Cause there's so, 
Yeah. Just so yeah. I know. Those youngsters. We got to get going, man. Yeah, we do got to get going. We got to wrap this up. Hey, everybody. Um, thanks for listening to the show. <laughs> this was a bit of comedy gold from the lightning and styles of Aaron Bird. Hey, it's Earful in the Emerald City. You listen out of pity. Oh, you think that Aaron's pretty, but you know the show is shitty. Earful. It's awful in the Emerald City. Yeah, that's it, guys. We got to wrap this thing up. This guy's got to get going here. He's got himself a little tainty here tonight. Thank you guys for listening. Again, uh, sorry about the last couple weeks. Shit's been crazy. We're working on it. We're doing our best here, though, guys. And we're going to work our ass off to keep bringing it to you guys because we appreciate you guys listening. And, um, yeah, we, we need you here. We got nothing without you guys. So thank you guys for uh, hanging in there with us. We appreciate it. And uh, we will talk with you guys next week.